Welcome to the October edition of the YVH Podcast. My name is Jeff Thurlow. And I'm Adam Sparlin. Adam, welcome back. I think we yeah. got two consecutive months in here now. Hey, we're, we're, we're uh, back into a pattern. <laughs> yeah, I think we missed a little bit a couple months ago, but that's all right. We'll get back after it. Yep, it's, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say 2020 has thrown a, uh, a monkey wrench into any type of planning that you had. Yeah, yeah, the... The analogy we like to use around here is if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball from a from a pretty good movie. So um, that's what 2020 feels like it's been like, right? We're dodging <laughs> wrenches much. and crowbars and everything it's, else. So It's been something else, but, uh, you know, I, I'm proud to say we're in October. So uh, we're, we're finally in the back half of it. <laughs> that's right. Well, before we get too much further into the into the show here let's uh as we always do let's make sure we get it off with a safety message and i think adam you got a good one lined up especially for this time of the year of course you know it's uh it's always important this time of year and you know it, honestly it's kind of a gag inside the cfi building uh to talk about deer are moving uh because it's <laughs> it's probably the most common safety message we talk about around here because i i think deer outnumber people 25 to 1 or something crazy like that yeah and they are moving they i'm the bags are packed. I think all their houses packed up and um, there's not a time of the day that they're not. So no, no, not at all. And you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. I did a little bit of research to, to, you know, maybe put a little bit behind this and you know, there, there, there's a ton of info out there, but sometimes it's just not all easy to find. So I was able to find one really telling stat and a, a something that state farm did back in like 2011 to 12. But in that year, from July to June, they found that there were 1.23 million deer vehicle collisions in the United States that cost the insurance industry more than $4 billion. So if that, if that kind of tells you that was a decade ago. That's uh, probably that for that $4 billion is what half of what um, either side of the party is going to use towards their campaign funds. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would agree there. I think I, I, if, unless you're living under a rock, you've definitely had multiple ads thrown your way th- yeah. this year. <laughs> I'm ready for November 3rd or 4th when everything ceases to end and um, TV can go back to normal, right? Yep. We can get back into normal. So, um, well, great I message. Was... Yeah. Great message, Adam, you know, as we're traveling up and down the roads, whether, you know, it's the professional drivers out there um, or us, you know, going to and from work. Yeah, I, I noticed yesterday morning was probably the first morning. It was complete black from the time I left until the time I got to work. And um, you never know when those those little buggers are going to sneak out and um, cause a little bit of havoc. So, yeah, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to go through all of these because honestly, there's just way too much and it would take up 20 minutes of the podcast. But if you're interested in a list of safety tips and what to do as a motorist out there on the road, whether you drive a truck or a car or a motorcycle, whatever it is, deer are a concern. Um, this uh, website called coverage.com, which they're just kind of a general insurance guide for everything from life to auto. They've got a really good list. We're going to put that on our uh, our website, just a link to this this list of safety tips for uh, how to avoid an animal strike. Well, good. Hey, great, great information. Um, I think, you know, just before we get too much further into, you know, we start introducing our guest, a uh, little bit of news news and things like that anything happening around here adam that maybe we need to announce 
Yeah, uh, I, I think kind of an exciting announcement. Now, this is going to be centered towards uh, primarily CFI, but U- TFI U.S. truckload drivers. Any of you who use the Joplin terminal, uh, so MCT drivers, Transport America drivers, this is kind of exciting news for you guys if you've taken advantage of the shuttle before. Um, we're, we've been working with our provider and they're actually going to expand some of our offerings. Now the route isn't changing, but the number of places the bus goes is going to, I mean, almost double pretty much based on kind of what they're doing without really changing the route much. And the exciting thing with that is you're going to get a lot more food options. And, uh, Jeff, yeah. I, I, what, what were you thinking? I, I know who hot's on that list. Are there any others that you're excited to see drivers yep. have easier access to? Yeah. And, and safety is always a concern with that as well. And that's how we of approach course. this with, you know, direct, uh, director of safety, Jeff Yarnall is the person that, you know, our contact person that we had to go through. And I'm proud to say that, um, you know, before we start announcing, you know, where they're at and things like that, that it was actually one of our professional drivers here at CFI that um, got a hold of me and contacted me and said, hey, is there anything that we can do for this? So uh, Dan Giardello came to, came to me a couple of times, actually, I um, hate to admit it, but I let it slip through, you know, we got busy and he had mentioned it once and I kind of forgot, but um, yeah. So if <clears throat> we're going to, uh, as we know, the bus stops at the Walmart, they're on 20th and range line. They're actually going to now jump across the street for us over to the other side and who hot and uh, Longhorn Steakhouse and, I think there's a firehouse over there, and there, I think there's a couple others as well. But um, yeah, actually, uh, another thing, I think there's a cell phone repair place and a dentist in that same, uh, same yeah, shopping right. center. Yep. And so that'd be just you know a couple of nice little things, new uh, new stuff you haven't had access to out for a while. Yeah, it's you know obviously nobody's wanting to. If anybody's been in Joplin three, four, or five o'clock in the afternoon during the week, even even through the COVID crisis, they'll notice that the um, traffic is, has not slowed down any, not much anyway. Um, so we don't want any of our professional drivers or anybody for that matter, having to traverse across that, those four lanes of traffic and just to try to get something to eat. So if we can do it and in a safe manner, that's the way we're going to do it. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they're going to, they're going to leave, uh, leave that little complex there and, um, go down obviously to the hotel. And then once they leave the hotel, and if some of us remember back into, you know, uh, a couple names ago when we stayed at the Holiday Inn back then, um, instead of turning left back out of the La Quinta and going back, back up to 32nd, they're going to actually go to that light and then turn left and go into the the complex back there where Sam's Club and all that's at. So now you're going to have access to a few more steakhouses, uh, Olive Garden, um, Cheddar's. So it's, it's definitely a good thing that our driver is going to be able to, to have those options available to them and and now they're going to be able to do it safely without having to try to try to walk anywhere and um you know god forbid something happened while they're trying to cross the road like that so it's a pretty good deal yeah and especially down there by the hotels you know unlike over by walmart where at least there's some intersections and some crossing down there by the hotels there's nothing and so you really are crossing blind if you tried to get across the street to heck go to longhorn you know, um, so so having that bus go back across there is going to be awesome. And you do. You've got a lot of options over there. Well, heck, like you said, including Sam's Club itself. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Even back when I was the orientation instructor, taking the van down, trying to pick up the pick up the class for that day or drop them off. And then, um, you know, attempting to make that left hand turn instead of the right. Um, 
uh, it's just crazy to try to get out there and make that left. So it's just a little bit easier, I think, for the bus driver to make that right, go to the light, and then, you know, go into the, the Sam's and those restaurants back there, and then they can leave the back way out. They can go, and then the back way out again to come back to CFI, you know, they can go out there by and come out by the gas station, and it, then it's an easy right back onto 32nd Street and back to the to the home home base here. So uh, I think it's a good good move all the way around. I couldn't agree more, and I'm excited to excited that that gets to happen. And uh, you know, when you told me about that heck just before this show, it was uh, it, it was exciting news to hear. Yeah, and I think there are, there are some other things to come, but um, like you said, Adam, I think you know we got on the show and like just two minutes before that, I got the email from Mr. Yarnall. So I uh, wanted to get a little bit out there. It's good news for us. We'll we'll get it out on other social media platforms, but um, yeah, good stuff. Well, especially, you know, the the whole purpose of this this podcast is your voice is heard. And so, you know, yeah. little things like this, you don't always see, you know, what uh, what we're doing in the background as, you know, Jeff and I both as driver advocates and, and Richard and uh, Tim Hicks uh, being the, the uh, senior senior manager in operations. You, you don't always see what's going on, but I can tell you there's a lot of wheels turning right now. And uh, you can probably expect a lot of really cool announcements between now and the end of the year. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Jeff, it's our favorite segment today from the driver's seat. Yeah. And we got a cool one this, this, uh, this month. We um, had the opportunity not too long ago. She crossed over a huge threshold. Um, she hit that 3 million mile milestone um really just a cool lady to sit down and talk to so uh couldn't be happy to spend the next few minutes with her and and go over things and get her take on some thoughts and questions and we're back we are uh, joined today by a, a wonderful driver and I think I think Jeff had a little bit of an intro for her what, what do you got Jeff yeah uh, miss Rebecca furlong uh, just recently reached the three million mile mark with CFI um, huge accomplishment Rebecca so before we even really get started um, you know we we got to do that a couple weeks ago out back at the rodeo there and got to shake your hand and congratulate you then so just say congratulations again thank you Yep. Rebecca, did you know that uh, the miles you've driven, at least for CFI, I don't know if you had a career before there. I think we'll dive into that a little bit too, but um, you know, it's it's equivalent to driving around the equator of the earth 122 times. No, I did not know that. <laughs> Just, uh, I, I always like those little stats. I like to put them together and, you know, when, when we hear these and I, I think it's always neat. So Rebecca, do you feel every one of those 3 million miles? Actually, some days, yes, I do, and some days, I don't. Yeah. It, it just varies. So, so you've, been, you've been with CFI, and you've achieved, achieved that 3 million mile mark. How, many, how long have you been with CFI overall? Uh, I think uh, December will start my 26 years. I'll be here 26 years, I think. That's, that's, a, that's a heck of a... An accomplishment. Yes, actually, December 7th, December 7th, I will be here 26 years. That is, that's something else. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping to put in that kind of time with this company. I, I've enjoyed, you know, I've enjoyed my time here and, uh, you know, I, I want to spend some time here myself. So 
uh, I can tell you, thank you for all the time you've put in. Cause I mean, obviously it's, you've moved a, a lot of freight, probably a lot of stuff I've used personally, you know, in, in your time, we, we appreciate it a lot. It's, it's uh, provided me with, honestly, I can't say that it's provided me with a good living. Mm-hmm. And I have to honestly say that I told uh, Cody and um, that uh, it all probably saved my life because I was not going down the right path before I started driving the truck. You know, you, you bring up a good point. I think, you know, we hear that a lot that, that folks were looking for, you, you know, even if it was just a change of change of scenery or whatever, but it sounded like it was maybe a little bit more serious. Um, it was. When when did you realize that, that, that this was a good move for you? And um, it was kind of like you're looking back and you're like, man, it was just, you know, maybe there was other hands in that, right? I, well, I do believe that. But honestly, my story started, I was in the military. I got out early. I went to a shipyard. They laid me off. I come home to Texas. I worked in electronics. They laid me off. I went to a toy store, worked there. They shut the doors. And my roommate saw an ad in the paper, go to school free and retain your unemployment. And it was truck driving school. I also had a call from the post office, but I chose no. And plus, it was an opportunity for me to see country that I probably would have never seen. Yeah. So early on, as you were going through that, you said you got, I think you got laid off a couple, two or three times. And then uh, I think a place went out of business. It probably felt like you're just getting kicked in the teeth one after the other. And then, um, and then you, you got into this and now you can look back and realize that, you know, it was just, it was just a stepping stone, right? Yes. And you know, I look back, I had it started early because I did have an opportunity from my uncle to work for Kraft, truck, 10 years old. But at that time in my life, I thought partying was more important. Yeah, so I think at 19, that's a pretty common thought for most of us. So yeah, I can understand where you went with that one. <laughs> so 20, 26 years with CFI, what, what has pushed you in, into having a tenure with one company for that long because in a you know in an industry that you know i think that if you looked at an overall national average for trucking companies across the board um i think i think numbers around 90 to 100 110 percent always get thrown out so for somebody to stick around with one company for 26 years um that's pretty impressive well number one i when i started believe it or not there was a lot of people that said you'll never make it you're never going to last. You're by yourself. You're a little woman constantly. And you hear a lot of that stuff out here today that women don't need to be out here. They need to be home. But mine is because one, it's the first place that never laid me off. And over time, don't get me wrong, I have looked at other places, but they don't have the, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Uh, what I'm looking for in a trucking company. I mean, they may have the pay, but sometimes the pay isn't all, everything. It's the amenities, I guess you could say. Yeah. 
or what you really like the days off. There's the only company I've called over the 25 years that allow you to take the days that you earn. Yeah, that, I called, I, uh, that yep. that's a plus to me, especially as older as I get older. I haven't that much time with my family, so I'm kind of enjoying going home for a couple of weeks at a time. But uh, don't get me wrong, I have looked, but nothing, nothing um, surpassed what CFI has offered. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to the same thing. You know, that was one of the one of the things you you're always talking to folks, and they're always getting bothered at home. And you know, the seven and a half years that I spent on the road here at CFI. Um, my home time was my home time. And, you know, other than, you know, checking in and making sure I'm okay and just getting a, a return date, you know, um, never got bothered. So it, that was always a, that was always a plus for sure. I'll be honest with you, the, the 25 years I've been here, I've only had three calls from CFI. And it was either we see you're running late or you're going to make or, uh, or you're having problems. But that's not bad for three, 25 years to only get that many phone calls. And at home, I think I've only got one phone call in the 25 years I've been home. Yeah, that's so I guess I'm doing something right for me. I guess, I guess I'm doing something right. Nobody's bothered me. <laughs> that's right. And I actually like the fact that y'all may be in charge of the truck and stuff, but I still, to a certain extent, Feel like when I started, you gave me a job, you gave me the time. What I did in between, as long as it wasn't illegal, was no problem. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But uh, I know there's some companies they're dogging the drivers every day, every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's kind of that captain of the ship mentality, right? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like uh, I had a friend said, "Well, you know, I I, I just." can't drive in the snow and stuff. I said, well, times have changed. It's a lot about safety, 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 safety. So if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to drive. I might feel comfortable because I ran with, I ran with three drivers once. One said, I'm not going nowhere. I felt comfortable. The other driver felt comfortable. So we left. But you got to do what makes you feel comfortable because I'm not driving that truck for you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, Tim Hicks and I always get the opportunity every week to go down and talk to the, talk to the orientation class. And, um, you know, we talk about captain of the ship and making sure if, if something's going on, you shut down, call in, communicate, let us know what's going on and we'll take care of the rest. But it, it always, you always have to go back and say, Hey, you know, we tell you all this now it's time to go out and prove it. Um, in obviously 26 years, you can, you can attest that we say the captain of the ship, we mean it. Yes. Um, and I, I believe communication helps everything. When you've got poor communication, uh, things don't fall into place. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, I, I know we, we drive that home as in our conversations with drivers and with, with fleet supervisors, with new dispatchers. It's always, we've got to keep that uh, level of communication open. I tell you what, I communicate so much sometimes that you don't have to keep calling us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, you, you touched on this a little bit with, uh, 
you know, with some of the mindset you said that you've had to, to battle career, the, the, uh, with people thinking women shouldn't be out there, which is, you know, archaic and definitely not true, but what would you say beyond that? And you're in your 30 years on the road, how have things changed? Um, I would say that everybody's in a hurry now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And it, when I started, drivers got together and went out to eat. We'd meet at truck stops. We'd have a nice conversation. Uh, but now, because I, I would have to put it on the e-logs, everybody's in a hurry to get to a parking spot and go to base and get up and start all over again. They don't have the time to, you know, talk to the driver. But I'll be honest with you, I have drivers that I've known as long as I've been here. And now I I sometimes don't see them for eight to nine months, where before I would see them all the time. So I think e-logs had a lot to do with the changes because everybody seems to me to hurry to get parked, start to break. Because you're on a time clock. It's more like your time yeah. clock. Back in the day, you still had a time clock, but it was more relaxed. You know, in a career like yours, I know it's hard to point to one thing that's been that's your favorite and the best thing you can recall about the road. But if if you had one good one, you know, what what would you say? Just one of your best things you can think of that's happened to you on the road. I would have to say all the people I've met along the way. And the countryside that I have, I know, I can tell you, if I wasn't driving a truck, I would never see. Uh-huh. I would never have the opportunity to see. And it made my life better. Truck driving made my life better. What's What's one of your favorite places to drive through when you're out there? One of my favorite places? Yeah. I love, I don't know if it's Maine. I think it's Maine. Vermont, Vermont, because I had to have, I had to have it. Yes, I had to have a special permit to drive on certain roads in Vermont. That Mm -hmm. was the previous country. And if I get a chance, I'm gonna ride my Harley up to Vermont and stay on the bed and breakfast. Well, there you go. That'd be fun. It it was beautiful. That that whole area is really beautiful. Well, let, let me know when you take that trip and you can run up through Joplin and I'll get on my bike and I'll follow you out there. Hey, that sounds like a winner. Yeah. That'd be a good <laughs> I have trip. taken it. I, I did. Oh, and I take it to Pike Peak, which, you know, one time you couldn't even carry cars up there. Drive cars up there. That was that. Uh, well, I'll tell, you, I, anyway. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one of my favorite places to go that I ever got to in a truck was out in New Brunswick, which is, you know, east of Maine back into Canada there. And, um, we could we could just go up through Maine and Vermont and and then head over into New Brunswick and just probably take a whole whole month before we ever even got back. I think. Well, I tell you what, that's one thing I'm looking forward to my retirement because when I go home at my age, I'm, I'm you know I go to a lot of doctors now, so my bike riding is limited. So I'm hoping when I retire, I'm gonna be healthy enough that I can take some of these rides. But. As to your question, I just love seeing the countryside. I love meeting new people. I'm a talker. If you give me the opportunity to talk to you, I'm going to talk to you 
and I'll ask you some crazy questions. You can answer. You can answer. You don't have to answer. It doesn't matter to me. But I like to meet new people, new cultures, because there's so many different cultures out here. And I love food. So I love the opportunity to try different foods. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Give me a good barbecue tour any day. So so thinking back, you, you we, we stated earlier, you've been in the industry for 26 years now. Um, thinking back all the way to 1994, what advice would you give to some ladies that are, are thinking about joining the industry um, and fast forward now that, you know, maybe maybe you didn't think about then that you could pass on a little bit of advice and, and things like that? All I can say is when you get out here, be patient. Watch your back. And just enjoy being out here on the road. You know, Rebecca, you bring up a great point that, you know, we talked about being busy and being on the road. And and sometimes you just have to take a little bit of time for yourself and get out there and stretch your legs and relax. And, you know, I can think back in my time, and it's something I probably didn't do enough, was um, in some of those places where you get a chance just to pull over and, and get out and walk around and see the scenery. And uh, it sounds like you definitely do that. So maybe that's why you, you lasted out, have lasted on the road for 26 years is because you get out there and see things and, um, and do that a little bit more than others. I get out because I quit smoking. Um, I get out and I know it takes 32 times around the truck to walk them out. It can't make you a little dizzy, but I've done that. But I try to get into a truck stop and park at the back where I can walk and get my exercise every day. I walk at least 30 minutes every day. If I can't because of weather, I work out in my truck for 30 minutes. You know, Rebecca, I think that's a conversation we've had before, too, when I did, uh, uh, when I did the fuel, fuel management job you know, here before I, before I became one of the driver advocates, it's, uh, uh, I think we talked about that at one point where, where, you know, getting out and exercising a little bit's a great way to just shut your truck off for a little bit too. And help you hit those fuel bonuses and stuff that everybody tries to aim for. That is true. So gets you good exercise and might help you get some extra coin in your pocket too. Yeah. That's one thing I haven't, In 25 years, I haven't had a problem with. They called me one time about my fuel when they, because when I started, we had fuel bonuses also, and they called me one time about my fuel, and I said, "What are you calling me for?" They said, "Well, you dropped a point." I said, "What is my fuel? 6.5." Okay, and they're calling me. Well, we just wanted to be aware that you dropped the point, but I'm still above the average. So I guess I've just I've been doing pretty good on fuel fuel mileage since I've been here. Well, you were typically on my radar in there for a while. That was normally good news when I was watching it that heavily. Uh, it's and this was back in you know when we got fuel bonuses. Uh, Hmm. I think that's the only thing that we got back 15 years ago was a fuel bonus Hmm. or accident bonus too. That that I I wasn't too good at. Because I even had the safety guy. I don't even know if y'all. I don't know if y'all were around at that time. The safety guy would say, "Rebecca, quit calling us," because I'd turn in that I knocked the light off. That he said, "Could you replace that?" I said, "Yeah, but it ain't my truck." Uh spent my my on the tractor. He said, "Where?" 
I said right there, he said, I can't even see that. You're too honest. I said, as long as it's not my equipment, I'm going to be honest because that's why I'm still here because I'm honest about everything I do. That's the best way to be. It is. That's, that is really sound advice. It's, it's always sad when we see somebody that for, you know, just didn't report something and they end up having to find a new job because of it. I mean, the thing is, is I, I'm, I believe honesty is the best policy. I can't say I always used that when I was younger, but uh, when I started with CFI, I turned in every little thing. Now, I did get upset one time because they were real strict 15, 20 years ago that they took my safety bonus because I put a scratch on my mirror that I turned in that was the size of that. And my mother said, a rock could have hit that. I said, yeah, but it's still not my truck. And then a friend of mine called and said, well, I bit both of my extenders. But that's when they changed the rule that one time for a while, I think it was two or three years ago, uh, no, 10 years ago, because it's been gone by eight years, that uh, unless you bent the extenders into the truck, it wasn't considered an accident or something. I don't know, but I remember. I remember when they were so strict that you lost your butt flap. It yeah, was we've kind of we definitely you. went back and forth on a few things. Yeah, we did. It's much better now. I mean, but I still believe that you think you're never going to get caught, but you will. So why take that chance? And Might not as well just be in? honest up front. Exactly. I mean, what's the most? And chances of keeping your job is going to be a lot better. That's right. Well, Rebecca, you know, let's let's switch gears a little bit and okay. uh, CFI's got a, a got a campaign. You know, surrounded by the uh, the ladies of ladies of trucking. I would, if you want to call it that, and it's called the She Drives campaign. We have three trucks featuring ten female drivers here at CFI. How does it? You know, as a, a lady that got a her start in the in the early to mid 90s in an industry that we could probably say wasn't as accepting back then as as we are now of having those ladies drive in the industry like we are um, how does that make you feel to work for a company that that supports the the folks like that i think it's great i think if a woman wants to get out here and drive a truck and provide for their family I think it's a good idea. It's a good living. It's providing me with a very good living. You just got to uh, prioritize when you're, you want your time off for your family and work with the company. Because as far as I've known, y'all have always been understanding. But as far as women out here, I think more women need to be out here and show that, hey, we are capable of driving a truck and doing the job well. Yeah, and I think I think patience is a, a big key that everybody needs to have. And I would probably say ladies probably have more patience than than men do. And I, you know, personally speaking for myself, I know I know that my wife has more patience than I do. So um, just go from there, I guess. Well, I have, I don't know about everyone's like me, but I'm a stickler for perfection. Let's say I'm backing into a spot. 
I don't want to rush. When I first started, I rushed because I felt like people were telling me, hurry up, fishing in. Hurry up, get in, there, get in there, get in there. I learned over time, take your time. Don't let other people around you, just because they're men, intimidate you. Do your job the best way you know how. Yep. Don't don't be a product of your environment. Let your environment be a product of you. Uh, that's and one I, of the sayings I've always liked. And I do think that women are being more accepted out here than they were when I started. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's, uh, you know, uh, Beck, I'm not sure if you knew that the CFI was just recognized by women in trucking as one of the top companies to drive for for women. And uh, you know, we've had that honor several times. And, you know, I, I'm not good with the numbers on this because I, I don't speak to it a whole lot. But I know that percentage wise, we're a few points ahead. Uh, of other carriers on our on our balance of female drivers we just we have a higher percentage and ours is still lower than it should be i mean the, there's no doubt that that uh women get out and when they do this job they do a great job and you know i uh as a fleet supervisor so you know i've had i've had three different fleets in my time here and in every one of those fleets i would have at least two or three women that are in my top 10 drivers on every fleet top performing every single time so uh, definitely impressive, and and uh, you know all I can do is give compliments, you know, to ladies like you who are trailblazers, and uh, kind of made what's happening today possible. The word trailblaze makes me feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't be modest because you've definitely earned it. You know, you've you, it's folks like you that got out there early on and and kind of buck the system a little bit and and said hey just because i'm a lady doesn't mean i can't do it and you know that's been always been my thought process is it doesn't it shouldn't matter who you are or what you're made of if you can do a job and you can do it well by god just get in there and do it then and you know it's funny because every job i've had it's been uh other than the toy store and electronics uh when i was in the navy i was uh an electrician in the in a construction battalion, mm-hmm. I was the first female to be stationed in that CB unit, and then the shipyard they needed welders, so I was small, so I fit that that bill. And then the truck driving job is like, okay, I think uh, I'm gonna give that a try. So, so being a, a trailblazer in the transportation industry, sounds like that wasn't your first go around with that that title. It sounds like you've kind of that's just in your DNA, and you've you've taken taken it by the horns and taken riding it through your life. So that's pretty cool to pretty cool to learn that. Yeah, well, yeah, but I I think sometimes it's because I'm trying to prove a point to myself and to others that hey, it's never too late to try something new. It's never too late to show that you are capable of doing the job. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Rebecca, you know, I I have really enjoyed uh, sitting down and being able to speak with you today and, and taking a little bit of time to learn just a little bit more about you and, and things like that. I just want to say I appreciate you coming on the show. Well, um, uh, I thank you for asking me. And I'm sure I got off topic, but that's part of a truck driver. We can get off topic and talk about something right off the wall and 
make a short sentence a mile long. Well, as we uh, as we kind of close out here, Rebecca, uh, we always like, just like anything else, I mean, you know when you pick up the phone and call us to CFI, we, we give you a safety message at the beginning and the end of a phone call. We do that on the show here as well. And uh, now we did a, Jeff and I recorded a safety message before you got on the phone with us to start the show. But, um, you know, w- with your experience and uh, uh, do you have a good safety message to kind of close us out? All I can say is, which I've noticed over time, is get out and look. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's right. Um, you know, And watch your surroundings. Because I made mistakes over my last 26 years by not paying attention sometimes. So you need to pay attention to your surroundings and get out of your truck and look. If you have any question in your mind about where, how you're backing? No, you bring up That's, a good one. We can, uh, you, know, yeah. you tend to get comfortable with your settings and surroundings. And um, I think when that happens, you just open yourself up to a big old can of worms and, and tend to get yourself into some trouble. But so great, great way to close out the show, Rebecca. Well, I'd like to say just again to thank Rebecca for coming on the show. It was a, I think it was a really good interview. Um, learned a lot of information and man, being a trailblazer like she was even before she even got her start in a, into the trucking industry with the shipyards and different things like that. Um, I can honestly say today it was just cool to take a little bit of time out and, and learn things like that. And it gives you a whole new appreciation for the, what the folks go through out there. And um, again, it's just kind of neat to, to learn a little bit more about a person and hear her story even before she got her start here at CFI. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's a, you know, what an amazing story. And, uh, you know, honestly, we, we were talking to her, we were excited, so excited to talk to her and we were learning so much. I think Jeff, we both missed this and, and I just want to say it right now. Uh, Rebecca obviously mentioned she was service member. So Rebecca, thank you for your service. And so when you hear this, uh, I want you to know that we appreciate that time that, you know, that time that you gave, uh, to our country as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to back up what Rebecca said, our, our, our closing safety message, and um, it just made me think of, I've been watching a show on, on Netflix recently, is uh, the Heavy Hauler Wrecker Service based out of, out of Canada. And um, while those guys are on the side of the road, you know, trying to get those vehicles winched up back out of the pitch, and obviously when they're doing something like that, you know, you know, four, six, eight, ten hours is is not unheard of. And, and it seems like I've watched a handful of episodes and every one of those episodes, those folks always talk about the speed that are those drivers that are coming around um, that, that area where they're working in and they're not slowing down. So guys, you get out there and you notice that folks, things like that, slow down for them. Um, I can't imagine the pressure that they're under to get those highways and, and roads open back up and um, just slow down for them and give them a little bit of, a little bit of latitude there. No, good message. I've got I've got friends that work as tow truck drivers just just for automobiles and the danger they put themselves in. Um, you know, I can't imagine for the truck ones when you've got those booms out there and the big cranes extended and a lot of sometimes sometimes lifting thirty forty thousand pounds even even after the trailer's been emptied out. Yeah, the episode that I watched last night, the guys were hauling a a fully loaded uh, garbage truck out of the out of the ditch. So. Um, that was that was their statement and it took two of the took a, two of the big boom trucks to get it out of there 
Mm. And then they have the the police breathing down their neck to, you know, get the highways open back up. So couldn't imagine. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it for this month, Jeff. Uh, uh, definitely excited. And uh, listen, we appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening in. And we'll talk to you in November. See ya. Thank you.